Hi everyone, welcome back to Getting Entrepreneurial with Priyanjali Tata, episode number 4 and this is again dedicated to gender equity and well-being for mothers around the world who are breastfeeding, lactating and who are going to give birth to you know new babies in this pandemic world and we thought we should address the issue in this podcast with somebody who is an expert in this field and can help as many women as possible because our larger goal is gender equity and well-being. We hosted this um, with Dr. Monica Pinna to talk about breastfeeding and pregnancy norms during COVID-19 pandemic. She is a phenomenal doctor, a Portugal native, also has her mother who was from Goa, India. She is a specialist of internal medicine at Igas Monas State Hospital. Dr. Pina is a breastfeeding doctor. She's involved in organizing regional European meetings of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine and is recognized as a reference for breastfeeding medicine in Portugal. As you know, there was so much confusion during the outbreak around the world that sparked a debate surrounding pregnancy and breastfeeding procedures which was characterized by a fear that breastfeeding could be potentially transmitting the disease from a COVID-positive mother to a child through the breast milk. However, breastfeeding actually helps protect the child from diseases including COVID-19 because of its powerful immunity. Thus, the new norm in healthcare is to keep the mother and child together even if the mother is COVID positive. You know, very fine detail, very important detail like this has been covered by Dr. Pina in this episode and also in the subsequent episode with Dr. Pina where she has spoken about in and out of what needs to be done and what needs to be avoided. Stay tuned, listen to this and also send us your feedback. Today we have a very special podcast with Dr. Monica Pina. Uh, she is a medical doctor. She studied in Italy at the Medical College of Cordova. She specialized in internal medicine at Egras Monis Hospital, State Hospital. And after becoming a mom herself, she realized that there was a need for doctors to get involved in the breastfeeding medicine. So she started to learn about it. She's a breastfeeding doctor and a member of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, involved in organizing the regional European meetings of that organization and organize a reference in breastfeeding medicine in Portugal. She's a clinician and also a researcher, and her passion is to immensely help people. Welcome, Dr. Monica Pena. It's really um, great privilege to have you to discuss such an important topic today around pregnancy and breastfeeding, especially during COVID times. If you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, where are you logging in from and how's the situation with you? How have you been dealing with mentally and health-wise? So first of all, thank you very much for the invitation and, uh, and for being for willing to evolve, to to talk about these topics which are very important so i'm logging in from lisbon from the capital of portugal and uh, here the situation now is pretty uh, calm but in the beginning of the year it was 
a bit like in India, I think, was very complicated. And uh, we are a bit afraid of what's going to happen in wintertime. No? Now we are getting into summertime and usually this respiratory virus, although COVID keeps dropping cases, no, it's never stopped, but it usually gets a bit less strong. So let's hope. Uh, in the meantime, we are vaccinating. So now things seem maybe a little bit more positive, but it has been a very tough year, very tough year, I must say, for all of us healthcare workers, I think, and for people in general. I mean, never in our lives we thought we would go through a confinement. Yes, It's an unknown and precedent uh, uh, situation. And so it was very hard on everyone. It was very frightening in the beginning, and actually it still is because there is a degree of doubt. We don't know what's going to happen, if there are going to be more variants, if the vaccines are effective for all them, all of them that are going to come out. And yeah, it's quite stressing, I must say. <laughs> but now it's a moment when it, things are less complicated. So. You never know. I mean, the, the Spanish flu were two years. We are approaching the two years, so maybe yes. <laughs> we'll get over this. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, uh, okay, so since we are here to talk about breastfeeding and pregnancy specifically, I have noted down some questions for you that are very common during the pandemic, especially for mothers. Um, the first being, what has been your experience in the first wave and in the second wave of the pandemic? As a practitioner, during this uh, difficult time, what have you analyzed specifically, if you could highlight, uh, and especially for the pregnant and lactating women, what has been the scenario like? So in the beginning, there was a lot of doubts and confusion. And usually when there are doubts and confusion, of course, pregnancy is a, a big question, a big doubt, a big worry. So the tendency was to be a bit exaggerated. So, uh, and breastfeeding always is, always is a problem. When there is something going on, the first recommendation is always to stop breastfeeding. If you go back in history, it's always what happens. And it is understandable because you, there is this doubt of what if there is a contagious thing, if the mother can give the, that disease to the child. So right. it is understandable. But when you look at the, the infectious diseases, it is not very logical because most of the times breastfeeding is protective to the child, even if the mother gets affected. But the first reaction is always to be afraid and to separate mother and child, which is something you should avoid. I, I think you know that you should always try not to separate mother and child. But in the beginning, that was the recommendation. And it, in Portugal specifically, in all the world, there was this recommendation. And specifically in Portugal, it took some time to convince, convince health authorities that it was not a good idea. <laughs> but eventually it was possible. Then there was a very practical part, which is when you find an infected pregnant woman, you have, you have to isolate her. And the hospitals were not prepared to isolate pregnant positive mothers. So 
and then the baby was born and sometimes the baby was positive, but sometimes was negative. So there was doubts on what should we do then? What should we do with the baby? Should we separate? But then the mother goes home and will take care of the baby. So how are we going to deal with this? And what happened was when the, when the first wave really hit, so it was a lot of cases, it didn't make much sense to separate mother and child when after two or three days, the mother would go home with the baby. So eventually the, the recommendations changed. And so right now, we, it's, it, I know that there are cases where they were still separating mother and child, but they were not the norm. The norm is to keep mother and child together in the same hmm. room, even if the mother is positive. There was also a big problem with where to put the father in this picture, because you know, we, we, we make, we, we try to convince men, no, not convince, we, we let men be present in pregnancy and um, delivery. It's an important support to mother most of the times. So you shouldn't, uh, uh, you shouldn't, uh, how you say, I, my English, I'm sorry. <laughs> You shouldn't forbid the father to get in the delivery in the delivery room, but with COVID, it was an extra risk. So okay. also there, there was like a delay until it was decided what to do, and then finally, they they test father and mother, and usually they are either both positive or both negative. And so if the parents are positive, they are both of them isolated and the delivery is made in an isolation situation. If uh, they are negative, it just goes on as normal, as usual. So now I think we are dealing with it more relaxedly, so to say, which is good. Okay. Also, to, with breastfeeding was the same. The first thing was not to breastfeed. Then there was evidence that there are antibodies, COVID antibodies in the breast milk, and that okay. most probably is protective to the child. So the recommendation changed. Actually, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine was never against breastfeeding during COVID. It was very, in a very short period, issued some recommendation that breastfeeding was to be not just allowed, but helped. Okay, that, that's an interesting fact. That's an interesting fact. So, um, yeah, I think you have pretty much answered really important question for a lot of mothers who are still in doubt because uh, this subject has not been taken out publicly so well. People are still struggling to find the right information online and offline with their doctors. So uh, should COVID positive or suspected mothers breastfeed is, you know, something very um, important to go out there because mothers still don't believe uh, or even the family don't believe that you know keeping the child and mother together as you said is so important they feel that okay the child must be at risk to get the infection with the mother so can they breastfeed so if if they are covid positive if the mother is covid positive can she breastfeed a negative child yes so the the, the only problem is if the mother is critically ill, but that's not because of COVID. It's because she's not in a, in a physical state of being able to breastfeed. So most mothers are relatively young. So the probability of having a asymptomatic 
of not very symptomatic COVID uh, disease is high. So they will probably be able to breastfeed. There is also another point that if the mother is not taking care of the child, who is taking care of the child? One of the people from the family. If the mother is positive, most probably the other uh, family members are also positive. So they also pose a risk to the child. And breastfeeding is protective in most infections and specifically in COVID. So babies, when they get COVID, most of the times they don't have, uh, uh, even if they are not breastfed, they don't have a very uh, uh, severe disease. Sometimes happens they have a severe disease, but it's not very probable. It's not a very likely situation. But we know for sure that breastfeeding is protective to children in health-wise in general, and specifically with COVID. So it's not just that the mother can breastfeed, it's that the mother should breastfeed if possible and if she wants. Because okay. it's really important for the baby. Uh, breast milk has a lot of, uh, of components that are bacteriostatic, and there is an interaction between the, the immunologic factors in breast milk and the immunologic system of the child. We are still discovering this thing, but it, actually we don't know it uh, in all its uh, complexity, but we know some parts of it. And we know that the mother's uh, immunity system helps develop the child immunity system. So if we stop that thing, we are hindering the development of the baby's immunity yes. system. So we should help mothers to breastfeed. Of course, this, I must always say this, it's not to force mothers to breastfeed because it cannot be something that is forced. It has, it's something that it should be helped, supported, okay? So what we know in, with COVID is, so if you have a, a COVID positive mother and she's not critically ill, what should she do? She should wear a mask, and wash her hands more often than usually. I mean, you should always wash your hands and be careful with a newborn baby. But in here, you should be a little bit more careful. even, And wear a mask while she's breastfeeding because the baby is very near. Usually this lasts from positivity to when she can stop wearing a mask around 10 days if she's feeling better. You can prolong it sometime if she's not okay. But if she's recovering, is getting better, we have evidence that after seven days, people are not contagious anymore. So you can safely say that after 10 days of positivity, actually after 10 days of starting symptoms, if she's symptomatic, or 10 days after being positive, she can take off her mask with her child. With her child. Of course, if she goes out, I don't know, you have mandatory use of masks in India, right? So yeah. you have to st still use it, of course. But with a child, after 10 days, she can take off the mask and proceed as normally. Before, as a protection, wear a mask while breastfeeding and while taking care of the baby. But you just go on taking care of the baby. Okay, okay. That's, that's really helpful. Uh, and you mentioned about critically ma ill mothers... Uh, they cannot breastfeed. 
so uh, are you saying that uh, it's physically not possible for them to breastfeed or they should not breastfeed if they are critically ill it's physically complicated to breastfeed and there can be issues with medications because if a critically ill woman is in a in a intensive care unit you have a lot of problems both with stimulating breast milk and with the type of medications you are given so it is not impossible to breastfeed from my experience it's not very easy to have an icu unit that is aware of the maybe the, the will of mothers to breastfeed and so usually it gets a bit complicated but that doesn't mean that when she leaves intensive care unit she's not able to re- make relactation so induce the production of breast milk again if she's very willing okay so there is this possibility i don't know okay. you probably have lactation consultants or i don't know breastfeeding Yes. doctors in india too so you can search for someone and yes. uh, to help because they will need there they will need some help but it's possible okay all right okay um okay so this is an important question that i found in some of the groups on whatsapp mothers asking it says uh, can we uh, undergo c section surgery if they are covid positive and pregnant um cesarean uh, if they can if yeah. they can of course you can do anything any there is no medical procedure that you cannot do because you are covid positive the only mm-hmm. thing is that the the doctors and nurses and assistants and everyone have to be protected in an, with an extra layer of protection so it makes it more uncomfortable also and <laughs> because it's not a very I, i think you know it no it's not a very comfortable suit no, not with plastic and it's not a very nice thing but you can do you can do everything so first of all you don't have to have a c section and hmm. we can talk about why you may want to avoid a c section if you want but if you need a c section you can have it and actually the baby usually is born covid free most of the times from c sections if they get infected they get infected afterwards so why yeah afterwards not inside the, the the covid is not in the blood so to say it doesn't go through. so it's in the respiratory mostly or gastrointestinal you want me to tell you why you should avoid a c section yes, yes. <laughs> so it's a really have... important question i think for everyone who is a mother who is not a mother who is going to be a mother <laughs> so c sections have very precise indications and they are a surgery they are ma- major surgery because the mother has to have uh, uh, anesthesia and it's uh, you have to cut the, the belly so it's not a very simple thing it's not a very dangerous procedure because we have made it less and less dangerous with times so that's a good thing but there is a reason why a child is born the way it's, it's born why we are made the way we are so we have been knowing more and more about mi- microbiote i don't know if you heard about it yes and the first um the first encounter between the child and the mother's microbiome is during delivery so okay. 
delivery has a lot, the, the vaginal delivery has a, a lot of advantages. It's, 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 uh, um, it's frightening when you think about it, when you are a woman, before you have it. Once you have it, then you realize it's not such a big deal. But in the, the first, when you think about, gosh, how is my body going to respond to this thing? Uh, it's frightening. But actually, it, it, if the process is done the most naturally possible, we, we have years of evolution that took us to the possibility of delivering vaginally not such a difficult way. So there is some degree of pain, but if you are able to move and to put yourself in the position that you instinctively want, and you can do this in the hospital, you don't have to do that. It doesn't mean because there's this kind of idea that if it is natural, it has to be in your home. And actually it is more risky if it is at home because if something happens, there is no one there to help. But yes. what many countries do is they have uh, midwives and the doctor is called only if there is something that is not going on well. And that makes sense because we as doctors, we are trained for difficult things, for severe things. So a normal birth is just annoying, like what a bore. I mean, that must be something more interesting to, to be done. But yeah. the midwife is okay. They are trained for normal birth. So yeah. and it's perfect. And if something happens, you can call. And so if you can move around, uh, uh, more freely and adopt the position you want and no one is telling you when to push and your body knows when to do it okay. the baby will come out much more easily it will not be so traumatic on your body or on the child's body and there's this squeezing that happens when the uterus contract it's also very important for the lung function for the respiratory function so it, it's not a bad thing to deliver vaginally hmm. if it is done in a respectful way, respectful in the sense of physiology. Right. So I would say don't let fear uh, influence your decision of delivery because there are advantages in vaginal delivery. Those advantages are then complemented by breastfeeding because most of our microbiome yeah. will be also passed. We don't know very well this mechanism, but we know that the mother's microbiome goes through the breast milk to the child. And so the child has 80% of the microbiome like its mother. So our microbiomes of us are similar, more similar to our mother's microbiome than to our father's microbiome, which is quite okay. a, an interesting thing. Yeah. Yes. Very interesting fact. So, uh, yes, that was really interesting. Thank you. Uh, the next question is about vaccination. There's so much going on about vaccination. People are so scared. There's so much myth going around and hesitation. And also the vaccine, uh, especially in India, the production is uh, not able to match the supply. <laughs> yes, the supply is much lower than the demand size. So uh, can breastfeeding mothers get vaccinated? And the follow-up question is, can pregnant women get uh, vaccinated? If yes, when and what should be the precautions 
If no, then when can they get vaccinated? So the pregnancy question is the most difficult one because the, the, the vaccine is relatively young. This specific vac vaccine for COVID-19 is relatively young. The technology behind it is not that young. And that's important to, to say to people because many people say, oh, this is just an experimental vaccine and we know nothing. No, it's not true. This, this, both the, the research on COVID, not COVID, but on SARS-CoV-1, yes. which was yes. the SARS the virus, the first one, is yes. 17 years old. So yes. we knew already that we had to use the spike protein because it had already been studied 17 years ago. Yes. And the, both technologies, both the vector, so there are Two types, well, actually there are three types because the Chinese vaccine is an inactivated virus. But the, the most common, uh, you, do you have Sinovac in, uh, in India? No. The Chinese? So no. you have the vector, I think, and the yeah. mRNA. Yeah. So there are these two technologies. One is the vector vaccine. So you have adenovirus, which is a common cold virus where they, inserted the DNA of the spike. And so as we are, as the virus is reproducing, it's also producing this protein and our immune system is reacting to it. And then yeah. there is the mRNA, and that is really a different technology. What's like completely different. We never had a vaccine like that. And, uh, but it's also have been studied. I found articles with, flu mRNA vaccines, and they were pretty safe. I don't know why they never evolved. They are from like 2016, I think, if I recall correctly. And actually, they were very effective. So it's a pity because they were more effective than the usual flu vaccine. So maybe it's the future. So there, there's this very little nanoparticles with a, with a genetic code that produces the spike. So it is, our immune system is more focused because in the vector right. vaccine, you have a lot of antigens and one yeah. of them is spike. In the mRNA, yeah. the only antigen is the spike. So maybe yeah. that's why it is a bit more, not much, but a little bit more effective because it's not dispersed, it's focused. So. Right. This is one thing. They are, all of them, very safe. There were some concerns raised about the vector vaccine, which is, I think, the one you have most in India because it's easier to conserve. At te the temperature required is less low. So I think mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why India is using this vaccine. Right. Uh, yes. There were some concerns raised with thrombotic um, uh, cases. So women, especially young women who had uh, this cerebral thrombo, so they have thrombotic events with low thrombocytes. So it's like, but it is a very, very, very rare condition. And it's important yeah. to say this. It's really very, very rare. So it's not a reason. It's much more dangerous to have COVID than yeah. to have the vaccine. The risk, yeah. it's much, 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 much lower. It's more yeah. risky to take the pill 
than to have the, the COVID vaccine. So it's important to say this. Right. So about vaccines and pregnancy, the studies that were done were not done in pregnant women. So there was not a subpopulation of pregnant women. The, the information we had during the pre-commercialization was that the women that were pregnant without knowing or got pregnant without knowing didn't have any problem. So okay. currently the recommendation is to get vaccinated. And okay. the second trimester usually is the best. Actually, with a, with a wave going on, the faster, the better. So don't wait. It, right. If you want to get vaccinated, get it right away. Okay. That's an important, uh, an important thing. Uh, first of all, it is not so. It doesn't seem to be a problem to be vaccinated during pregnancy, but it right. was not specifically studied yet. It will be. I think they will have shortly. We'll have data about that. But the recommendation is to discuss it with your health worker and consider doing it. Why? Because mm. when you are pregnant and you get COVID, you can have a worse outcome than if you are not pregnant. So young people usually don't have such a severe COVID, especially if they are not obese, not diabetic, then no cardiovascular problems. So usually it is a mild thing. The worst yes. thing sometimes is getting long COVID, not so yeah. much the disease itself. Right. But pregnant women have a higher risk of intensive care uh, need, so severe disease. It's not a very high, but it is a higher need. And it's something if you are pregnant, you're not going to go through that. Right. So first, avoid getting, so really be careful with avoiding crowds, using masks and being very correct with all the precaution measures and consider getting vaccinated because if you get COVID, there may be a severe disease. That's right. the first thing. Also, when you have COVID very near your delivery date, there is a higher risk of prematurity. It is not, a again, it's not that if you have COVID, you're going to have a premature baby. It's not like that. There's yeah. a, a percentage, a question of percentage. You have a right. little bit more risk of having a preterm child birth. Right. And so you don't want uh, stillbirths too. So you don't want that. So if you get the vaccine, you lower the risk of having this, this outcomes. So yeah. you should discuss it with your health worker, but I think you should consider it. With breastfeeding, there is no doubt. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it <laughs> because there is no problem to the mother. There are antibodies in the breast milk that are probably protective to the child and there is no vaccine to the child. So you will be protecting two people with one shot. So right. go for it. Do it. That's amazing. That That's really reassuring. Um, okay. So my last question is, general instructions that you want to give to pregnant women and lactating mothers during these tough times and also uh, going forward whether or not the upcoming waves come or affect what are the general instructions you want to give specifically to the lactating mothers and pregnant women 
Well, these are very uncertain times. We don't know how this is going to go. And it's generally, you, know, you, you, you asked in the first question, and then I didn't talk about it, about mental health. It has been quite a, a stress on the mental health of most people because it's, it's all so many doubts and so much uncertainty. Actually, the future is always uncertain if we think about it. But we right. kind of forget that part so we don't have to stress. And now we are not able to forget it because it's all the time pointed to us that it's uncertain. So. One, the first thing is to be careful, yes, and to follow recommendations. And sometimes the problem is that recommendations are not very clear. Yes. And so things get a bit confused. And there are more crowded places and more crowded countries. And if you live in a city in India, avoiding crowds, I guess, can be a bit of a problem because there are a lot of people. Even here, I mean, if you go, if you take the underground, it's almost impossible to keep the distance. If you right. live in Sweden, in Sweden it's easy because they are really so such few people. They usually yes. have a maximum of thirty percent of occupation of their uh, public transports. That's not the case in Portugal, especially not in Lisbon because it's a big city. But yes. it's less than in the big cities in India. So it can be a problem. And many women have to keep working and have to keep doing their lives. Yes. So it's not very easy. So you try to protect yourself as best as you can with whatever you have. What are your possibilities? If you are able to get surgical masks, use a surgical mask. If you are able to get a FFP2 mask or a N95 mask, use yes. it. There are some rules of uh, reutilization of reuse of ma of masks. So if you have, there is a shortage of masks. The CDC in America they have very clear recommendations. If you want me to send them to you, I can do that. So sure. people know what to how to use the material they have for as long as possible with a minimum of risk. So. Keeping distance can be a problem, but try doing it. It's especially difficult in families because sometimes there is one member of the family that didn't really get the problem and so keeps putting everybody at risk. And it's very difficult inside a family to keep distances. You are not able to do that. So that can be a, an issue. And don't forget ventilation. If you open a window, it's a simple thing. Open a window, leave a door open, and that reduces the risk if you compare it with not opening a window. I know it's hot, and so yeah. it can be a problem, but still, if it is possible to open a window, open a window, wherever you are. It's, it's a simple thing that can reduce risk very much. So... If you are pregnant, be even more careful with these things. And it would be important to enforce in, in your workplace too, if you keep working, to really ask that you have some kind of protection because of this risk. I mean, you want your child to be healthy, you want to be healthy, so you have to, it's possible. So okay. then... Stress is not a very good thing, so we have to try to keep a positive 
way of looking at things. So as I told you, the risk is higher, but it's not a sentence. It's not that every pregnant woman that gets COVID is going to have a severe case. No. So if you don't have any risk factors and you got you got COVID, keep uh, tranquil. One of the things I've been seen, seeing in this COVID pandemic, and I really have to say it, is that there is a tendency to over-medicate because right. people think that if they take medications, things will get better. But yeah. we have almost no medication with proof, with scientific proof. And medications are not risk-free. Every medication has some risk. So you have yeah. to measure. So if you have a light or moderate case of COVID, just take nothing. Because if you are young, in the pregnant uh, state, you are probably going to get over it without much problems. So you take symptomatic things, but don't right. take uh, medications if it is not, there's not a need. If your oxygen is low, there is corticosteroids, and that has a proof. But if yes. your oxygen is not low, there is no proof that you need anything. Right. There is also another thing that don't forget that there are other infections besides COVID. Hmm. Because now people only think of COVID. Yes. Yesterday I had, a, I had a patient who had COVID and the, the baby had COVID too. So she was infected yeah. during delivery. Okay. And the baby was keeping having fever. And when they, were, they admitted her, yeah. She had two infections. She had COVID and strep B. So oh. th there is not only COVID. There are still other infections. So don't forget about it. So yeah. for uh, uh, breastfeeding women, it's the same thing. Above all, wash your hands. Washing your hands is a very important thing. And like protect yourself. When a mother has a baby of yeah. a breastfeeding age, so very small, they are a kind of unit, the mother and the child. So you have to protect this unit. If you have to isolate because you had a case uh, in your family, because you were with someone who was positive, or because you are a suspected case, you should look at the baby and the mother. And sometimes we recommend it here to isolate the whole family because the mother needed the father for help for some reason because she was too ill. And so we would isolate the father, the mother, and the child, you know, like a, a home. So, of course, there are some risks in it, but you can do that. Yeah. So look at the mother and the baby as a, a, a unit and keep breastfeeding. And breastfeeding is a very simple concept. It's like the more it comes out, the more the breast produces. You don't need any special food, medication, whatever. You just need to put the baby to the breast, and the more it goes out, the more it will be produced. Okay. One day we can make a, a, a special hour only on breastfeeding. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That would be really wonderful to do. So uh, I think I have these questions that I had noted down from my end. If you have anything more that we might have missed and you want to cover, uh, please do. And we will definitely have a follow-up podcast on only breastfeeding. <laughs> no, I don't know if you, are there any questions you want to? Do you think there is anything I didn't say that you think it would be important for me to say? 
I think you have covered everything in a lot of uh, detail and you have given very good tips. So in even in my mind, I have got a lot of things clear, which I had doubts about. So it has been a wonderful session. And uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your time today, uh, Dr. Monica. It's really wonderful to meet you finally. And I hope you keep safe and uh, you too. Yes, <laughs> we meet again soon so that we can uh, do some more interesting podcasts with you. Thank you for the invitation. Bye-bye. <laughs> Keep Bye. safe. Bye. Yes, you too, please. Bye-bye. Please stay tuned for further episodes. And if you have any feedback or you want to write to us, this is our email ID. Priyanjali, P-R-I-Y-A-N-J-A-L-I at the rate pingaweb.com. That's all for now. I hope to see you all super soon in next episode.